Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan and now actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by London's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. <laughs> Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. This is the first one we've done not in the same room for a long time. Since, I think, it is a bit, December. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been like two months now, so mm. it's a little bit surreal. Um... I must say, I sometimes feel like I do these podcasts better when I'm alone in a room and How you're not rude. here. Maybe you're a little bit of a cheeky distraction, Pete. I am. I'm, I'm quite the image. I'm quite the tall drink of water. Uh, very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> quite the image. Um, how are you doing, though? You're now back in the UK after a, a relatively lengthy and action-packed trip to Japan. How are you yeah. feeling? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm back. Uh, I'm back. Uh, I've hit the ground running. I've hurt my neck. Um, uh, everything's uh, fine. I, literally I d- hit the ground running. With your <laughs> That's how neck. I hurt my neck. Um, yeah, no, it's all good. I, I didn't get any jet lag. I don't know what that was all about because I usually do get a lot of jet lag. Um, but yeah, all good. The, uh, the, the flight back was lovely. A&A. Um, I, uh, I, I, I splurged uh, on... Uh, a, it was like twice the amount of an economy ticket, but I did get business, which is nice. So I got uh, the business chance to try out the. I know, but it was only double the economy ticket, which you know is okay if it's your only trip. If because uh, I was going to go out late last year and I didn't, so I just thought, you know what, I'm due a double trip, and I spent a lot of time in really cheap hotels uh, when I was in Japan. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to upgrade. And I had to go at the ANA, the Big room, spender. and it was very good. A lot of, uh, lot of room, big so, telly, amazing. You sent me a photo, ladies and gentlemen, bragging from the room <laughs> on his plane. He's <laughs> in first class sitting there. It was there. brilliant. Uh, yeah, what was it like? So it's called the room. Mm. What does that mean? Well, it's ANA's it new business class uh, kind of proposition. Uh, and I know people are probably sort of looking, oh, Pete, man of the people, letting everyone down. Um, it's just... I spent a lot of time in capsule hotels, so I saved a lot of money uh, when I was in when I was in Japan. So that I suppose. Uh, so let's get that out of the way. Uh, class denier, Pete Donaldson. Um, but it, it's just a big like it's just a big telly and a lord of room in the old uh, on the old seat. So if it's if you don't, well, it's on, called the room. It's called the what room. Do you expect? And you uh, and I, I had to go via Frankfurt, so it wasn't ideal. It wasn't like it was an, a direct flight, so I had to make. Cut my cloth accordingly there and change in Frank- Frankfurt, and it was quite a quick changeover. But uh, yeah, everything mm. everything worked very well. So if you if you're uh, on like a 
a kind of honeymoon or a um, trip of a lifetime kind of situation with uh, getting out to Tokyo. Um, ANA's new business class, The Room, via Frankfurt, is uh, is very good. Uh, and, can you, and I walked past first class. Can you fit and two it was people pr- in the room? You could do, probably, I reckon, but it wouldn't be very nice. You'd have to be very friendly with them. <laughs> Bit of crowded room, wouldn't it? Bit of yeah. crowded room, yeah. But it's just, I think it, they call it the room because there's just like shutters so that you can shut yourself in, uh, and it's just really easy to sort of just just uh, pretend like there's nobody out there, really. But uh, it was very good. Uh, the, I walked past first class, and, and it seemed pretty much the same, except the tellies were just bloody massive. I think just business class just means a bigger telly these days, honestly. But uh, yes, uh, re- recommended. Would you like flight again? Money yeah, aside. Uh, money aside, yeah. I def- well, money aside, I'll do a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's the <laughs> stupidest my- question I've ever asked, <laughs> given that the main factor in business class is a lot of money. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm. I mean, money inside, mm. would you do it again? Um, it, it is a bit pricey. It is a bit lush for me. I did feel right. like I was. Uh, I shouldn't have been there. So, may, so, so, so maybe not. But, uh, but Frankfurt's a nice, uh, a nice uh, airport. The people are nice there. The man took my hairspray off me, uh, but uh, did offer to spray my hair um, at the X-ray, which has <laughs> amused me on the way into Japan. He was like, uh, "I'm gonna have to take this off you, but do you want a quick spray?" And he just leaned over the X-ray machine and sprayed my hair, which really made me laugh. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> the benefits of business class. You get well, men spraying your before, hair before it gets taken off you. <laughs> uh, but of course. A smart move, given the uh, coronavirus, coronavirus situation. Yeah. Not sitting in cattle class, you can enjoy your private room with no coronavirus. Uh, I, I suppose, then again, probably something you'd have to worry about in general, given they are screening people at the moment. Yeah, I think. Airport, I think. I think. I the think. Risk, I think that obviously Japan is actually quite white hot during um, the Ebola crisis and and, and stuff like that. Mm. They, they were very very hot at the airport. Um, if you come from a country that is uh, um, uh, troubled, let's say, um, when it comes to stuff like that, they, they, they are very, very careful. Um, and I think Japan's been been quite fared quite well compared to a lot of other countries that have the similar proximity to uh, Wuhan mm. and, uh, and China in general, uh, because they have been very careful. Flights, you can't get out of the country. It's, it's a weird situation. I do worry for the people of China because uh, heaven knows the... Um, the country's uh, political class uh, don't necessarily always care about the welfare of, of the people, rather the outlook on the world, let's say, uh, and, and, and what people... Well, yeah, there was outwardly. a situation, wasn't there? The um, the doctor who broke the news of mm. uh, coronavirus died of the disease, and yeah. there's been uh, journalists who reported it that were dragged off into the night, and that was the end of that. Mm. Um, but obviously, you know, we've had a lot of messages and comments and questions from you guys about the coronavirus. Given Japan is, uh, I think, the second worst affected country after China. Although it's important to point out, of the 500 or so cases in Japan at the moment, about 450 of them are on the cruise ship from hell, the Diamond Princess uh, ship, which is moored uh, off the docks in Yokohama. Um Sounds like the, just about the worst cruise ride you could possibly have. Yeah. Uh, but today we thought we'd dedicate a little bit of time to talking about the coronavirus. And, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me if they should cancel their entire holiday um, coming mm. up later this year because of it, which would be a terrible shame. Um, and I think that would probably be 
a hasty I don't, I don't think i wouldn't recommend it i mean pete you didn't cancel your holiday no back when it was first spreading no. why did you not cancel your holiday pete well, why g- did you come to japan <laughs> well it was kind of at the peak i would thinking? say because it was, it was it was like you'd say seven to 14 days into the crisis and uh i mean the thing about japan is everyone wears masks anyway uh trying to take a picture that's got <laughs> yeah, um, facial recognition doesn't really work mm. on if your camera has facial recognition it doesn't work because <laughs> everyone wears masks anyway so yeah there was a lot of masks i, I think when uh, natsuki and his wife came down to, uh, to, to sapporo um they were just constantly wearing masks and and, and f- i think sometimes with english uh, speaking japanese i can't understand what people are saying when they're wearing masks like the air hostess uh, who was looking after me in 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 my room? Um, she had a, a mask on, bragging about the room again, and I couldn't understand. And I couldn't understand what she was saying. I could because because I couldn't see her her lips move. So there was a lot of uh, weird fun. back and forth. So yeah, everyone wears masks. So I imagine that probably helps uh, halt the spread of uh, of any kind of uh, airborne disease, airborne toxic events. It's funny you should. It's funny you should bring up the mask thing. A minute ago, literally like five minutes before we started doing this podcast, I ran down to the nearby 7-Eleven, got a little bit of coffee and some fried chicken, uh, which was rather good, a little bit oily. (laughs) Fried chicken from 7-Eleven, right? You bite into it and it explodes in a With sea oil. of oil. Uh, it's, it's, it tastes good, but you've got to be bloody careful. So bear <laughs> that in mind. Uh, anyway, the uh, but the guy at the counter, he was wearing a, a mask. Yeah. And he said, <laughs> and I went, uh, so, what? Sorry, I, I don't know what you just said. He went, <laughs> and he sort of, again, I didn't know what he was mm. saying. Uh, and he pulled down his mask. He was like, are you the YouTuber? And I was like, yeah, ah. I'm a YouTube guy. Well, hey. And he was like, oh, right. And he put the mask back on. Went, oh, <laughs> You're right. You literally can't work out what people are saying with those masks on, particularly Natsuki. <laughs> yes. I don't know what he's on about. And he, no. you're right, he did have one when he came to um, <laughs> Sapporo. And while we're on the subject of Sapporo, though, that was one of the worst affected places by mm. tourism. So obviously, unsurprisingly, um, given that China banned group tours leaving China... Right. Japan is the main recipient of Chinese tourists. Um, I think it gets the lion's share of uh, tourists leaving China, th- Japan and Thailand. Um, and yeah, the, there was um, what were the figures. There was uh, the drop was incredible. Like uh, I think Sapporo Sapporo Snow Festival last year, it saw two point seven million tourists. It was mm. the biggest numbers that they've had. It was a record year. Uh, and this year. In the absence of Chinese tourists, there were 700,000 fewer tourists at the Sapporo Snow Festival, which, in a terrible way, it kind of benefited us, I felt, because it wasn't, it wasn't so crowded, was it, no, um, it was during our trip? To, uh, it's quite easy to get around, I thought. Very well organised. Yeah. yeah, it was beautifully done. So we, we, it sounds selfish and awful, but we did kind of benefit it, benefit from it in, a, in our own weird way. Um, <laughs> but I do feel bad for the talk, right, for these companies in Sapporo and across Japan who are seeing a massive drop uh, in numbers. And in fact, uh, the Japanese government has kind of outlined a $100 million package of emergency funds to bail out small to medium businesses that are struggling with the massive drop in tourists. And 30% mm. of Japan's tourists come from China. You know, that's a huge number. So I do worry about Japan and its economy in that regard. So that's been the worst kind of uh, after the worst effect of the coronavirus so far. But really, uh, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, what is it like here in Japan at the moment? And really, nothing has changed. You do see, as Pete said, there's more masks on. People do have more masks than usual. And uh, there's a lot of those alcoholic sprays. I mm. don't know what you call them. What do you call them, Pete? It's just alcohol alcoholic gel, isn't spray. It? Yeah. I, I was using yeah, a lot. It tastes I, I, great. But I think I was consciously 
washing my hands a little bit more. I'm not a I'm not a germaphobe. Oh, I definitely at all. am. Yeah, I'm not like um, I, I never use alcohol alcohol spray, alcohol gel. But every time I sort of walk Just past in the mouth. one, I was in I was in Akihabara and obviously playing like a lot of video games in the arcades and stuff I was uh, whenever I go to an arcade in Japan I play one game and one game only uh, winning 11 2016 which was the last iteration I think that arrived in the arcade it's, a, it's the pre-evolution uh, series and um, you, they don't just have like a little joystick they have a little USB um, connected um, sort of PlayStation controller you can play it with which is quite nice mm. but obviously that's going to be riddled with filth so um, I was quite diligent with washing my hands every time Every time I, uh, <laughs> I left and entered somewhere where, you know, I was really getting down and dirty with something. <laughs> down and dirty. Down and dirty with a controller in Akihabara. Sounds absolutely disgraceful. Well, I, I, uh, on, the, no, I, <laughs> on the way to, uh, I, I, so on the last day I sort of left you, Chris, I went to Akihabara to uh, pick up a couple of things. And then I uh, mm. walked um, through Ueno Park. Um, I've never, I'd never walked through Wonderful. like Owenu Park, like with the, with like the, um, it's got a little kind of rivery sort of thing and a and a shrine. I'd never walked through there before. It was lovely. Did you say a, a rivery sort of thing? Like a rivery a sort rivery of thing. It's like it's like general. It's like right. Central Park, but with a Lido. I'd say it's more of a Lido <laughs> than anything else. But it was, um, right. but it was stunning. I'd, I'd, I'd never sort of seen it before. I'd, I'd, that part of uh, that part of Tokyo, I'd never sort of spent any time. But walking through it was genuinely lovely on the final day. Great way to end uh, end my holiday. Yeah, no, it's a really nice park. The only time I ever walk through it is after a night out. For some reason, <laughs> I always end up at Weno Park. I think it's because when I first uh, used to travel to Tokyo, inevitably you stay in Ueno just because it's right. cheap, right? So I'd go for drinks, go for a night out in Ueno, then wake up at like 9am in search of McDonald's or various fried foods to offset the uh, the terrible hangover. Mm. And uh, Ueno Park was on my doorstep and I would just wander around trying to get hyd- rehydrated, <laughs> Bakari sweat in one hand, McMuffin in the other, and wander through it. It's a great park <laughs> for hangover cures. It's lovely. So it's the best hangover cure in Tokyo. Um but um, I mean, back on the subject of the coronavirus, I I do wonder how much of it has been blown out of proportion to some extent. I mean, I, I read a report that over eighty percent of people that do catch it only have mild symptoms. There's a there is a two percent mortality rate, and it seems to be affecting uh, the elder elderly population the most. People over eighty seem to be the ones succumbing to it. Yeah, not that that makes killed. it better. No, I think but, I think uh, I think I think I think as a province it was an unhelpful province for it to happen in. It's very obviously very dense, but like SARS mm. killed uh, fewer fewer people, but the um uh, mortality rate was a lot higher I seem to recall. So, that's I think right, yeah. I think maybe uh, I, I, I think China as a global power they need to be a bit more um, sensible about their uh, about their disease control. Um and you just can't have your population um you know, living in 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 those conditions that that allow you to sort of allow things like that to to, to spread. Not that anywhere else is uh, is um, immune to to that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And to go back to the figures, I think uh, it was seventy four thousand confirmed infections and two thousand people who have uh, died mm. as a result of the disease. Um, so, I, but I guess you know it is pretty pervasive it's on headlines around the world at the moment i've had friends and family who never talk to me who were like oh my god you must be dead by now chris you must have got this coronavirus my dad's loving it he's like oh ha ha look at you now in japan yeah yeah. look at you you've got this now like no i haven't got it it's fine like 125 million people in japan and about 400 people have it on a boat and yeah i do 
you know, I expect the numbers will go up, um, probably peak in the next few weeks and then start to drop down like they did with SARS just because we're mm. leaving the winter season, it's not as cold anymore um, and I don't think, you know, I don't think it'll be as bad uh, people as people are imagining it will be. as huddled together and stuff and, and you know, and a lot of uh, the, um, a lot of the reports in the West, uh, there's a little bit of racism in there as well, uh, the way that it's reported. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's been sad. I've, I've I've heard in the UK that um, there's people over there who are kind of using it against people from East Asia yeah. in general. Yeah, um, uh, and like you know, my my my, my parents are you know similarly. Oh my god, you can't go to Japan. I was like, Mum, I live in Chinatown in in <laughs> in Piccadilly Circus. So like, <laughs> mate, like if I'm gonna catch it, I'm not gonna catch it. You know, I, I've probably already got it. So don't worry about it. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's just one of those things. Uh, but it, but well, it, I hope it, that's it, how it the come... conversation went. <laughs> I hope that's how. The... Don't go to Japan, and then you went, mate. I live in Chinatown. I live in Chinatown, went, oh, mate. Yeah. I'm always rocking yeah. with the Chinese. That is in what, Chinatown. That is what family dialogue yeah. in Hartlepool sounds like, ladies and when gentlemen. It came, just when it like came that. at such a difficult time, didn't he? Obviously, didn't it? Obviously, because it was Chinese New Year, and, and everyone just you know scattered to the winds because they were all travelling. So that's why you mm. saw so many people, so so many um, cases sort of move so quickly. But uh, it has been quite well contained. I think the authorities have done very, very well uh, to, to contain it. Um, outside of China, probably. But, but, but um, yeah, China aren't uh, are kind of ruling with their iron fist on this one, I think. Well, one of the most interesting things to come out of it is uh, Kyoto has actually started doing uh, a new tourism campaign. Now, obviously, we always talk about Kyoto, right? They always mm. complain that um, there's a lot of over-tourism. There's mm. too many tourists. And having been there and seen it and experienced it yes there definitely is like kyoto has been rammed mm. um but actually with the absence of chinese tourists they're really panicking now because they're losing a lot of money a lot of businesses are facing severe problems ha, so they started a new tourism campaign to attract tourists during this outbreak and it's mm. called the empty tourism campaign they've started showing off places like Arashiyama bamboo forest which is typically pretty busy and overcrowded yeah. and they've just got pictures of no one there um, <laughs> and it's not just to be fair it isn't just Chinese tourists that are avoiding uh, or not coming to Japan Japanese tourists have been uh, less likely to travel and tourists in general tourism mm. in general is down across Japan as people shun the idea of traveling and staying indoors more um, so Kyoto is, is panicking They've released this empty tourism campaign. Now might be the best time, uh, now more than ever, to visit places like Kyoto that are typically rammed and typically overrun with tourists. So mm. take advantage of that. Take advantage of the coronavirus. And, um, you know, to everyone who's messaged me saying, should I cancel my trip? Should I, you know, not go to Japan this year? I'd say the opposite. I'd say now. Come to Japan now. While prices are cheaper, mm. hotels are also cheaper, yeah. and places are just less busy. You can actually have parts of japan to yourself in a way that you just can't really uh, in mm. recent years because of the tourism boom so now's actually a really good time to visit japan uh, unless the coronavirus gets like unless it really gets out of control and, and obviously do keep an eye on it as i intend to I do follow the headlines and see what's going on but japan is very well equipped to handle it now's a great time to come visit maybe mm. you should uh, be coming back so, yeah, Hopping on the next flight, virus getting in the tourism. room again. Some kind of weird virus <laughs> yeah, tourism. Enjoy your time. It's, it's a virus, strange virus tourism. It's a strange thing to say, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Fukuoka um, and uh, Kumamoto and all those places seemed a little quieter um, than I've seen before. Obviously, I've been in 
um, high season and I've been when it's been a little warmer in October um, and it was probably very very cold but uh, yeah it did, people didn't seem to be out and about quite as much yeah I mean I've felt that I mean I'm currently in uh, currently in Tokyo at the moment mm. and um, I went to Omotesando a minute ago yeah. a minute ago an hour ago two hours ago four hours ago <laughs> went for lunch uh, my concept of time we all know it's it's pretty it's awful I did go there for lunch, and it wasn't as busy as usual. Mm. It was kind of cool. It was like, wow, I feel like I've got the shops to myself. If you're in, uh, if you're in London, if you're in London, by the way, there's an excellent coffee shop called Omotesando uh, Coffee uh, that's in near ah. Oxford Circus. So there's a bit of a, a tip for you. <laughs> Give it a go. Well, I went to a really cool coffee shop, and I highly recommend it if you're in Tokyo. There's a really cool coffee shop chain called Streamer coffee um and the one i went to in omotesando um they've got three shipping containers the the coffee shop is really small but it's quite tall and they right. build it out of shipping containers about like three shipping containers stacked upon one another mm, and it's popular. one of the coolest places <laughs> i've been in a while one of the coolest coffee shops i've visited and uh, yeah if you want a nice coffee mm. stream of coffee omotesando check it out Lovely it's amazing job. And that's not a sponsor from them, which I've sneakily <laughs> no put in there. It is genuinely really good. <laughs> we did get. Oh, uh, we did, I, I noticed we did get a sponsor in for uh, mobile.com, uh, so we're advertising them. And I got really excited because I actually used that product when I go to Japan. I used that SIM card, so uh, I was like, "Oh wow, a sponsor that I've actually used before. Cool." <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Lovely old job. Nice one. Yeah, synergy, right. mate. Synergy. There you go. Now, while we're on the subject of viruses and. <laughs> viruses in general mm. uh, it's time to go to speedy vocabulary speedy Japanese mm. uh, now Pete you've had an interesting week uh, before you flew back to the UK in yeah. your wonderful first class <laughs> business class cabin All right. we did go fishing didn't we we of did all go things. fishing of all places would you like to explain what happened um, I felt like I hadn't done much on my holiday I'd seen like the Sapporo Snow Festival. How dare you? Uh, I'd I took you. We had an know, amazing I time know, in Sapporo. I know we did. I know. I went so to the Sapporo uh, Snow Festival. I had a lovely time there. And then for about a week, I felt like I hadn't done much. And then on the last day, or the last two days, uh, um, Chris and I met in the middle of nowhere near Sendai. Uh, where was that place? Um, <laughs> well, we met, we met in Sendai we in a blizzard. In yes, no in less, a blizzard, and you drove me to some. Um, long forgotten part of uh, of the countryside near Sendai, and we bedded down for the night. Walk, I woke up at half past four. We were uh, in the reception at five o'clock in the morning, um, and oh, Ryotaro was there, and he took us um, fishing. Well, not really fishing, but seaweed farming. We went out with a lot of seaweed farmers. It was uh, fascinating and exhilarating yes. and emasculating. You've made it sound so random. <laughs> You've made it sound so unbelievably yeah. random. They're basically, um, so Ryotaro and I have been working on a new documentary on the tsunami. Um, obviously, the tsunami happened, uh, what, it's about nine years ago now, but it's in March. And so to commemorate the tsunami and the disaster, we are going around the coastline and interviewing businesses that have sprung up and kind of looking at ways that the tsunami impacted the region. And we thought we'd talk about fishermen. We thought we'd go out and meet some of the fishermen, given that they were one of the most affected um, sectors. A lot of fishermen lost their boats, their livelihoods, their jobs, mm. their lives as well. Um, so that morning we decided to take Pete. Given that Pete 
had spent his entire holiday outside of Sapporo getting drunk in random bars in Fukuoka <laughs> and sending me photos of him with a dog, no less, oh, at a bar. Lovely little dog. I just, me, I just got a photo on my phone, ladies and gentlemen, of Pete Donaldson sitting at a bar stool with a dog next to him <laughs> and a drink in hand. Yeah. Uh, Pete, not the dog. Lovely and it dog. was all rather a bit weird. So I thought, well, we should probably do something a bit more cultural than that. And so we took Pete out. Uh, we did go, yeah, we went seaweed farming mm. at 5am, which is a little bit random. But you know what? It was bloody spectacular. The sunrise was so good. The boat ride was amazing. Only problem was I didn't sleep longer than about five minutes. It was no. one of those mornings. You know when you've got to get up really early in the morning? You, you, you just, were not no. a happy camper at all. And I'm not oh, a non-morning person, but luckily the jet lag Well, you looked all right. <laughs> you did all right. I was a wreck. We went to bed at like midnight Got up at 5am, and in that space of time, I had about 30 minutes sleep. Yeah. And I woke up, I got up, and I felt like death. <laughs> you were ashen. And I'm, I'm not... I was awful. And, like, when I don't sleep, my body just feels really numb. It's awful. It's, I just <laughs> can't do it. Um, but what a baptism by a baptism of fire. You met <laughs> Riotaro for the first time at 5am in a hotel lobby, and then yeah. went seaweed farming with him. Brilliant. Oh, it, was, it was great, and and the seaweed farmers. Um, I think they do like seaweed farming around about this time of year, and a little bit later on in the year they do um, is it oyster or scallop. They do scallop fishing, and then later on right, than that yeah. they've got a salmon farm as well. So, um, but it's all this kind of like holistic approach to it. They they they, they sell the seaweed to um, supermarkets, but they've also got a couple of restaurants. I think in Tokyo, and they just deliver these um, big clumps big cases of seaweed uh, that they've just collected out of the sea uh, to the restaurants really, really quickly. So, um, yeah, same day. It's on your plate. It's incredible. It tastes really good. Yeah, I saw you eat some. <laughs> That's weird. Was As the boat was heading back down. inland, I saw you grab some and down yeah. it. Because Chris, Chris, Chris had no sleep, his sea legs were not on, uh, were not on form, <laughs> but I had a couple of hours, so I was all right. And I, I do come from a yes. proud family of, uh, fish, of fish people. My dad was in the navy, yes. so I, I like to think I, I like to pretend I've got sea legs, but I probably don't. But it was a it was a lovely yeah. way to start the day, and then and then yeah, we we, we just sort of uh, headed back, and uh, it was like you know nine in the morning, and I'd already achieved so much, and I was like, wow, this is what morning people do; <laughs> they do things in the morning. I don't remember what else we did that day. Oh no, we went to an abandoned building. We didn't did we? go to an abandoned building, which again, fascinating. So, um, another part of our documentary at the start of the documentary, we're covering the um, the, the town of Minami Sunriku, one of the worst affected tsunami, one of the worst affected towns by the tsunami, completely wiped off the map. If you look at a picture of it, it looks like an atomic bomb went off basically and just wiped it off. But there's one building that is still standing, completely abandoned, completely destroyed, and we went inside it, and it was creepy as hell. Pete found a dead bat. And he found like an abandoned <laughs> film room mm. where there was cameras and things. Basically, this building was used for uh, wedding ceremonies, wasn't yeah, it, Pete? Yeah, it was a People wedding. People go there for weddings. A, it was a wedding venue, and on the day the uh, tsunami hit, um, three hundred, I think, mainly elderly people were uh, on the third floor, five, 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 six-story building. Um, and the yeah. um, and the manager, I think, used to be a fisherman. He was very aware of uh, you know what 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 the sea can do, um, and he he the, him and his security team basically um, prevented physically prevented the elderly people from escaping the the the, uh, the actual building itself and got them on the roof. And the water went up all five stories uh, onto the roof, so the people were you know knee deep in it still. But this uh, this uh, this brave man's actions um, managed to save 
um, nearly 300 people and two dogs as well, which is very exciting. Um, and <laughs> so, so the whole of this wedding venue is like this kind of um, it's kind of like testament to uh, the, the, the manager and the strength of the building and the resilience of the, of the town. Um, whereas everywhere else in the in the actual town is getting terraformed, so it's a bit higher and more resilient to, yeah. the, to the to the waters. Uh, this kind of building is standing as standing as a, sort of a, a testament, almost like a, a shrine to, um, to 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 the ravages of a thing. But just walking around, it's it, the, the tsunami obviously wrecked all of the building. You know, the toilets, the sinks, the um, mm. the, the, the places where people used to check in and check out um, for their working days are still there. You know, pe- pencils are. are, are, are Kicking around, there's typewriters, there's old film cameras, a lot of bats, a lot of bats everywhere, and uh, it's <laughs> all horrible. like for I, I do love an abandoned building in Taichung in uh, Taiwan. There's a there's a there's a nightclub that burned down um, mm. about ten years ago, and they've sort of left let that sort of go to rack and ruin, and, and and sort of people have taken over. But just seeing a build, building that. Um, Nature has taken taken over a little bit. Is, is I, I do find fascinating, uh, and obviously in this case, oh, it, was a, it was a happy story rather than a, a sad one. Yeah, and I mean that's going to be the opening to the the documentary that's coming out in about two or three weeks now, um, and it's going to be quite the opening. You know, going around this building, uh, I think if you know if you've been listening to this wondering what it looked like, you're in for a treat. It, yeah. it looked pretty haunting, but as Pete said, it is a happy story. Mm. Uh, well, for that building, not necessarily for the town for the anyway. The so, town, yeah, and, and, and we also, had uh, quite the morning. Yeah, watching Chris try and fly a drone in Gale Force Winds was uh, interesting, <laughs> I seem to recall. <laughs> yeah, it was a super windy day. I bought a brand new um, drone, the uh, Mavic, Christ, what's it called? The DJI Mavic Mini. Right. I don't even know the name of it, but it was a really small drone. Yeah, somehow it survived the gale force winds yeah. and uh, held its own. And again, that footage will be in the uh, in the documentary. But that. going back to Speedy Japanese, yes. which is how this all began, this segment, uh, let's do some words. Do you know what the word is to fish, given that we talked about fishing? Ooh, I don't What's know. What's the uh, noun verb to sakana, fish? So, sakana, uh, so, mm, sakana. I don't know. It is tsuri. Suri. Ah, Suri. I always remember it of uh, Tom Cruise's daughter, Suri Cruise. <laughs> I'm going on the Suri Cruise. Rather, Suri Katie Cruise. Holmes, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, you could, yeah, good way. You could think of uh, boat, cruise, fishing. Suri. It's spelt like uh, T-S-U-R-I. Suri. Right. And uh, it, is a, it is a verb if you add suru. So, Suri, Suru. It's a tough little tongue twister there. <laughs> but if you want to say, like, uh, to go fishing, you could say, Suri Niku. Mm. Suri Niku. So in your case, tsuri ni I went fishing. <laughs> Lovely. That'd be a useful one. Tsuri ni ikimashita. And now for the most difficult word of all. Oh. Do you know what virus is in Japanese? Even Ooh, I have trouble with, I don't like, know. pronouncing this one. I don't know. Well, I'll give you a clue. They use... It's a it's a gaidaigo. It's a, bo- a foreign oh, borrowed right. word. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like the real thing. Vuayas? <laughs> it sounds like the English. Yeah, that's close. It's uh, so obviously they don't have a V sound in Japanese. Oh. They use a B, but for some reason they've been really annoying, and it's pronounced it with a U instead of a V. So ah. it's virus, 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 like U I R U S U, virus, absolute nightmare. Virus, help! I've got a virus. Corona virus. Mm. <laughs> Good lord! I, I just shout Corona Coronavirus. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, corona. Yeah. Corona deaths. Nightmare. And uh, finally, sightseeing. Given that you did a lot of sightseeing and met a lot of dogs at various bars. Yeah. Uh, do you know what sightseeing is? Uh, Inu, dog. <laughs> Kanku. Right, good. Kanku is, uh, <laughs> is to sightsee, I believe. Uh, Kankor. 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 Ah. Yeah, to sight... So, yeah, it's they're all connected. So, to sightsee, you can say Kankor Suru. Kankor right. Suru. Tourist, you just basically add the... Uh, the You add Kyaku on at the end, which means customer. So, Kankor Kyaku. Kankor Kyaku. Tourist. Kankor Yeah, you can say, like, uh, if you want to ask a question, you could be like, Doko Kankor Shimastaka. Doko Kankor Shimastaka. Where did you go sightseeing? Right. And that's a quite a common words I, I think it's one of the first Japanese words you learn if you start learning like the vocab for JLPT5 N5 mm. ah. love it but there you go three valuable words to your list yeah. very nice life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Shall we get onto some emails? Yes, let's turn our attention to the fax machine. Uh, what have we got from Trev? 
We've got an email from Trev. Uh, Trevor from Vancouver here. Hello, Trev. My wife and I listen to the podcast whenever we're driving around together, but we've noticed that we uh, that getting rid of change comes up uh, quite a bit. We've had the same problem too, but on our last trip to Japan, we found a solution, although it's uh, only really an option while in Japan or if you're planning on returning and having a su- have a Suica card. Um, on the last trip, we discovered that there were machines in Haneda Airport uh, in the lower floor that you can dump all of your change into and then load it in your Suica card. Uh, this really helped us since we both have one and we try and come back to Japan as often as possible. Now, our change will just get us a couple of trips on the subway, uh, but still, it's pretty good, isn't it? Um, I bet they probably have these machines elsewhere as, uh, as well, uh, but haven't looked into it. Anyways, I hope this helps some of you out there. Keep up the great work, and congratulations on two years doing the podcast, guys. Uh, it's been hey. emotional. It's been an emotional two years, uh, Trev, but thank you uh, for your email. I do that quite a lot, the old Suica card. Um, the only problem with Suica is, you, um, unless it's you know, in Tokyo or Osaka, uh, the use of it is can be limited. I always find with Suica. Uh, there are other cards, though, aren't there? Passmo seems a bit more ubiquitous. I've always found. Um, no, you can actually use Suica everywhere. To be honest, can you? Uh, you can use it maybe for on everything. the tubes. Maybe yeah. maybe on the tubes. I know you can use Suica in pretty much every shop. Uh, any every Seven Eleven, every uh, Family Mart, you can use Suica. Uh, but I always find on the tube, um, or maybe I just don't have any money on my card. But uh, yeah. Bang all your one. cash on Suica. Probably <laughs> that one, isn't it? Probably me, me being an I think, absolute um, idiot. I, th- <laughs> I think I uh, when I first got here, I don't think you could use it everywhere. I think you had to choose between Passmo and Suica. But now, they're fine. Um, my Suica card, I use it for everything, no matter where I am. If I'm in Sendai, Tokyo, whatever. I've it's great. Like, you can buy stuff at vending machines. You can hop on the train. Mm. Uh, it costs 500 yen. You can get it from any... Um, kind of Suica machine at any station highly recommend getting one because who the hell wants to buy individual tickets for every train ride <laughs> um, and yeah good point about the change like um, I, at the end of a holiday and in just general daily f- life here I've got so much fucking coins yeah. everywhere Absolutely the only way you can really spend 5 yen or 1 yen coins I tend to find at uh, convenience stores Best place to do it. That's where right. I use all my coins, buying like stuff. But yeah, great place to like load all those annoying ten yen coins. You can just stick them in the machine mm. uh, at a train station and put them on your Suica card, and then you've just got some credit on it. And that is a great way of turning all that change and all those coins into something that's actually usable, and you can take it with you in your pocket. So yeah, good little life hack there, Trev. Good yeah, luck. Well thanks, done, Trev. Um, got one from Anne from Norway. He says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. First off." You're one of my favourite podcasts. I listen to you guys at work, which is super chill and perfect for when I'm animating. My question is, what are your tips for not feeling overwhelmed upon arriving in Tokyo? I'm going there this spring, and I'm worried that once I land, I'll feel like I don't have enough time to experience everything. Thanks for providing me with good laughs from your Norwegian friend, Anne. That's a good one. Mm. Overwhelmed. How do you get over feeling overwhelmed, Pete? Well, when I'm walking around Akihabara uh, looking at the um, (laughs) electronics, uh, obviously there's a big culture of uh, drawing um, manga and uh, anime. And so you see a lot of, in these electronic shops, um, those like sort of Wacom Wacom, uh, tablets um, where you can draw animation and and draw uh, cartoons and stuff. Um, And so when I look at those and I look at all the buttons on the Photoshop, I think that's quite overwhelming. So I think just take it <laughs> a day at a time. Just have a roll around. You'll have a lovely old time, Matt Anne. And you're coming from Norway, so you'll probably be able to get a direct flight. So a lovely old job with Norwegian. 
<laughs> Pete Donaldson sponsoring every airline in the business. Yeah. Um, I uh, I don't really know how to get over feeling overwhelmed. You just have to. I mean, just try and make the most of your holiday, really, and uh, write out a list of all the stuff you want to do. You know, make a little bucket list and then tick it off as you go. But mm. I don't know. I mean, the thing is about Japan. I don't think I've ever met someone who's come to Japan for two weeks and then left and not felt like they needed to come back and see more. Yeah. And what I will say is, if you do feel overwhelmed, just think, well, I can always come back again. Uh, and anyway, with Norwegian it? Air, the prices are cheap and reasonable. They are. Um, Thank you, there Norwegian you Air. Just, just <laughs> come again, Anne. Just fly over again. <laughs> uh, we've got one from James from London. That's where you are, Pete. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. First of all, congratulations on reaching two years of the podcast. You both brought me hours of entertainment, and I hope that continues for a long time to come. It was a pleasure to meet Pete in the shop I work at just before his trip to Japan, ah. and I'm still hoping to bump into Chris next time he's in London. My question is this. From your experience of Japan, what do you think the rest of the world should take and learn from the culture? Uh, for example, I wish public places in the UK were kept as clean as what Japan is. Uh, thanks for everything you do. Keep up the great work. James from London. Where'd you meet him, Pete? Uh, I met him in game. Uh, lovely chap. Because um, I, I, yeah. I do a few podcasts, so, um, if somebody says, oh, listen to your podcast, I'm like, I don't know which one. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a boy <laughs> Japan. And uh, yeah, he was bloody lovely. Uh, great, handshake, great handshake. A uh, really friendly chap. A great handshake. And, uh, and I was just like, perusing the, uh, the Switch games uh, for, for, for something to entertain me. I do it every time I go on holiday. I'm like, I'm going to buy a new Switch game. I'm going to play it on the plane. And then I just sleep because <laughs> I'm tired. Um, so, yeah. And then you it sleep was, in uh, the room. It was, uh, yeah, lovely chap. So, well done that man for being lovely. What I've learned today, ladies and gentlemen, is that Pete Donaldson will judge you on your handshake. So, if you do run No, I really Pete, don't. I do, be I, careful. I think anybody, who, I think anybody who worries about... I think anybody who worries about uh, handshakes and firm handshakes uh, are completely not a pony. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Well... Well, that's one, one difference in the Japanese and British culture. Yeah. You don't handshake as much. Yeah. Lots of bowing instead. That's there true. There you go. Um, that's a good question, though. Br- mm. Really good question. Uh, what do you think, Pete? What do you think the rest of the world should take and learn I'm going to say goddamn train travel. Um, train travel? I sent a video of me, admittedly, again, in the opulent surroundings of Grand Class. I wanted to try it from Sendai to, to London. And I know you've been on Grand Class, uh, Grand Class recently, uh, Chris, so you can't give me pelters. Um, it, you know, one step up from the green car. Um, I had a JR pass um, that, that, that took me around, but there was the opportunity to try the Grand Class. Um, so for a, for a little bit extra... Um, I managed to upgrade my uh, my green car pass to a Grand Class uh, thing from Sendai to London, and oh my days, almost lie flat beds. <laughs> bloody woman serving you sake and bloody uh, bento boxes, and oh my days, it was just incredible. So, um, yeah, I, I wish the trains were on time. I wish the uh, people were polite. I wish it was a pleasant experience, but uh, England uh, and Britain in, in general uh, just can't get, simply get its trains right yes uh i mean yeah i guess so I, that's that's the thing i travel around japan relentlessly often between tokyo and sendai and i ride the bullet train it's a 90 minute journey mm. and in the uk you know to do that route so often wouldn't be fun um but because the bullet trains are so beautiful the seats are big and comfortable the scenery is nice i suppose that's not a criticism about england there but like <laughs> you know the trains are bloody good and i feel like why don't we have them 
get them. Mm. Somebody get the bullet trains to the UK. Make it happen. Um, and also, actually, to be a bit more serious and have one good answer there, that from me anyway, I would say um, I like the sense of respect people have for one another in Japan. You know, in the UK, we judge people on class a little bit. You know, we turn our noses down at the working class sometimes, yeah. or you know, people can be quite snobby. Whereas in Japan, there seems to be a consistent sense of respect across all jobs, across all um, classes. Um, they're way more respectful, I find. Um, mm. Although when it comes to gender, not so much. And they no. can do a lot to learn from us there. Um, we've got <laughs> one from uh, Evan from California. It says, hey guys, my name is Evan. I'm from California. Listen to your podcast. One of my favourite things to do while at my job, deburring sheet metal. That I sounds what loud. Deburring is. That sounds, sounds loud. Sounds fun and loud. So maybe uh, you shouldn't I have burred it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I you love, shouldn't I, have burred it in the first place. Then you don't have to deburr it, honestly. Oh dear. I have learned a new word today mm. Deburring um, I love the podcast And I listen to I've listened to your entire catalogue twice That is dedication Wow Thank you very much Evan uh, This question is for Chris Have you ever bumped into Your former students Since you stopped teaching Or have any of them Come across your channels Or podcast I'm curious to know Since watching your latest video About your time As an English teacher Many thanks Evan from California um, P.S. Thanks to Pete For helping me understand English accents It's because of you I feel like I've learned The accent There you go Pete <laughs> well, Delivering you educational Language value Well we do have Two very different accents accent. I guess Haven't we We do mm. But which is better Let us know in the comments um, I I uh, I do run into my students quite often. Sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes it's fun. I remember the time that you were over here, Pete, and right. you and I went to Sakata, uh, and we went out with Natsuki and Yuki and some other guys. Mm. We went to a snack bar to have a bit of a drink, do some karaoke, and as I was going in through the door, my old student, the school president of the school that I went to, uh, he walked past and was like, oh, Chris, what ah. are you doing here? Ah. And it was a bit awkward. That was awkward. <laughs> my students spot me going into a snack bar. And Lovely. actually... Because there's no jobs over in Yamagata, they all, everybody just goes to Sendai. So I do run into them quite often, um, and it's it's fine. But That's I never hilarious. know what to say. How I never know what their names are. How old? Because I've, I've forgotten them all. It's really How old awkward. Are the, they go, "Do you remember me, Chris?" And I go, <laughs> "Yeah." And then. That's yeah. And that's they basically it, how the conversation and they say it in terrible out. English. They probably don't have the words to uh, ask you stuff in English because of your terrible teaching skills. <laughs> how dare you? But yes, a fair point. Um, <laughs> got one from Sarah. I'll let you read this one because I've just realised I've stolen all the questions. This Sorry, um, Sarah from Portugal. How Sarah? Beautiful name. Go. Uh... Guvia, Guvia. Um, hi, Chris uh, and Pete. Congratulations on the podcast. It really brightens my work afternoons every week. Oh, stop, Sarah. Uh, Chris, I saw your last video um, with the Haunted Inn, and I really enjoyed it. Japanese culture and creative content often have very interesting spiritual elements. You, do, you, do you plan to explore more haunted places in the future? Uh, is this uh, an interesting story, or is there any interesting story or experience you'd like to share? What about you, Pete? Uh, cheers and continue. Uh, your great uh, teamwork. Have you ever come to the Madeira Islands, uh, Portugal, on your travels? I would be thrilled to be your local guide and show you around my home island. Madeira is supposed to be uh, very be beautiful. Home of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course. Wow. I'd love to go there. And his abs. Let's do it. Mm. Let's do an offshoot of the Abroad in Japan podcast, <laughs> Abroad in Madeira. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to do more haunted stuff. Um, I guess in some ways the, um, the aforementioned documentary where Pete and I went round this empty abandoned building that had been destroyed by the tsunami that mm. was kind of a little bit haunted and yeah. creepy um, it's important to point out Pete isn't actually in the documentary and neither is Riotero 
unfortunately. Um, Though I am trying to keep it I focused the on the frame. stories rather than having some banter. I am stomping um, about. <laughs> yeah, you can probably hear Pete in the background breaking things and rummaging through dustbins. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would love to, though. I um, I really enjoyed it. So we had a video out last Sunday where Riotta and I went to a haunted traditional inn. It wasn't that scary, um, but it was kind of fun. And, of, of course, the scariest place we did was the... Uh, haunted abandoned tunnel on journey across japan with myself and joey Mm. and i really enjoyed it i do enjoy going to these places mainly because i enjoy filming it and trying present trying to kind of edit it and present it in a way that makes it look scary or does it justice because it's quite difficult you know going somewhere alone and walking through an abandoned tunnel is scary but filming it and then trying to make it look scary on camera in video it's more difficult than you think um, but it's a challenge that I enjoy, and it's a challenge that basically involves sticking on sticking on a scary soundtrack. In fact, that's all you need to do. <laughs> I've given you the secrets. That nice bang that you sometimes put in. There you go. But keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back same time next week to do it all over again. But for now, guys, as always, many thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. But for now, have a good one. Was a Stakhanov production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.